Welcome to our Perimenopause What the F podcast, brought to you by the Perry community. In this podcast, your host, Rachel Hughes, talks everything, and we mean everything, perimenopause. She helps us navigate through all our What the F perimenopause moments and all, is this normal? Questions. Rachel talks with perimenopause experts, thought leaders, and inspirational voices of the community. To connect with other perimenopause warriors, download our free Perry app. You can find the link in our show notes. And now, let's dive right in. Yay! Fluff my hair for Sarah. <laughs> I'm looking for her. I see her picture, but I don't see her live. Now I do! Woo! I, uh, I think you're muted, Sarah. I know. I oh, now you're not. <laughs> I can't get my light to work. Can you see your me? light's working? Your volume's working? You look beautiful. Yes. I don't have my earphones in because sometimes they get tangled in my hoops. Yes, that happens to me. My mask gets tangled in my hoops. It's very high level, you know? <laughs> Hello, Sarah. Hi. Oh, it's so nice to see you I'm here. I'm so excited person. to see you. So wait, are we live now? You're live right now. And oh my God, as I shuffle my us. shit everywhere? Double your shit, get everything oh. where you need it, take your time. I love you it. Long friends. We're so and happy. I'm like fully here. sweating already for oh. you. I have like oh. the neck sweat going, oh, the under sweat. Because you're excited. in the air. We'll see how it goes. All right. All right. So I'm going to introduce you, Sarah. Cool. I just want to look at you, though. You okay. Look you do that. I sprayed, <laughs> okay. my, I sprayed my fake glow on. Oh, really? Is that yeah, a thing? it's like a hyaluronic, like, face mist from Barbara Sturm, and it kind of gives me the fake glow. I love it. Yeah. I, I have a makeup setter mist thing from Ilya. Ilya? Oh, that that's so it? funny, because I just put Ilya makeup on. Well, I really like this, like, uh, setting, misting thing, and it kind of gives you a little... A little sparkle. And you put that on after? I put it on after and it like sets everything really well. And it okay, feels- I'm going to have to get that because I just yeah. got my new Ilya shipment. I got the primer serum that goes first. Yeah. Then I got the two, I got two different shades of the Ilya makeup and mixed them together. And are, well, they're working beautifully. I see, I have to do this all the time. Why, why can't, wait, why can't I see you? Why can I only see myself? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Your That's, camera's on? Yeah, I only see myself, but I don't see you. Um, maybe, maybe our background can work on that. I'm not sure okay. why. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I can look at myself the whole time. <laughs> okay, oh, it's, Julie's working on it. Okay, so hang cool, tight, Sarah. Like, looking at me for um, an hour. I'm going to introduce you while, okay. while Julia hopefully helps your camera. Okay. So this is Dr. Sarah Milken. You are a doctor of educational psychology, a mom of two teens, a wife, and you began a podcast on all things midlife. I love your page, by the way. Like oh, it's so you. cute. It's, it's pretty, it's funny. It's sort of like, it's, it's keeping things light in the face of like really heavy stuff. I sometimes, you know, something's not all heavy, but it's like 
honest and earnest and bright and vivacious. Um, and uh, you, it, yeah, this is what I thought about your page. It's like, you're really sort of modeling a happy, healthy midlife for so many women. So I would love to hear for starters about your podcast and sort of your journey to launching. Oh, I see you. That's so oh, hello. staring at my nose tip. <laughs> Hi again, Sarah. Hi. Ah! Okay. Okay. So how I started the podcast and why? Yeah. Yeah. What was your journey to it? Okay. Well, I am 46 and a half years old. I have been a stay-at-home mom since I was, um, I mean, my son just turned 17. My daughter's turning 15. So for a while, Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in a childhood where like I checked all my boxes. I went to certain schools and got these grades and went to an Ivy League college and got my master's and PhD at USC. I grew up in a house where both my parents worked full time and my mom was a CEO. And so I grew up in that house where my mom did not work for the PTA. She did not make brownies. She did not do carpool. So that's all I knew. And so much of who I am as a person is because of that and that sort of inner strength and the strength to do something on your own and have an equal income to your husband. And so I just sort of thought that that's that's what I would do. And a slight little caveat is I met my husband in ninth grade. I saw that. That's incredible. (laughs) Who the hell does this happen to? I know. I know. It's a lot. It's like sort of unbelievable. Were you friends? Were you friends? Or it's funny. I mean, like he. Hopefully, he's not listening because he's at work and he's ignoring me. But (laughs) I, I dated him for a month in ninth grade, and then I broke up with him for a senior. Oh, I know. There was drama. Really older. I know. Really controversial. Um, and so the senior and I were together for a long time. And then my husband and I got back together the summer before sophomore year in college. Sorry, somebody. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Go on. So So you got together with 27 years, married for 18, like something crazy like that. That's amazing. I know. So anyway, he knew that like what he was marrying into. He was like, my wife's going to work and she's not going to be home with the kids. And he was okay with all of that. And then after I got my PhD, I was teaching in the graduate school of education and I had my first kid, Jake, and I never wanted to leave my house. And I I didn't intend for that to be the case. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't planned for it. And then when I decided I wasn't going to, you know, quote, leave the house, this, I felt this like internal peanut gallery and like the peanut gallery of my parents of like, wait, you just went to an Ivy League school and got all these degrees. What are you doing? Like, you're going to eat lunch every day and go to the library. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't in a critical way. I think that they just like myself had so much invested in what the original plan was. Sure. Um, So I just went with my intuition and my husband was cool with it. So I, you know, at first I was like, I'm only going to be home for five years. And then of course, five turned into 10 and then 10 turned into 15. (laughs) And I mean, look, I wouldn't change it for the world. There were days where I was, we can curse, right? 
curse away. Okay. Like there were days where I was like fucking bored out of my mind. <laughs> my shit. Like I'm on this hamster wheel that won't stop living the same day over and over again, like every groundhog. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew that I was where I wanted to be mm-hmm. and I would just sort of have to live my life in seasons where mm-hmm. it was like kid time now, family building time, and then I would get back to myself later. So that mm-hmm. leads me to your question of like at age 45, like right before COVID hit, I was like getting like the midlife itchies and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I, 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 like I'm itching. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, I mean, I don't want to buy a sports car and right. I don't want to learn how to play pickleball, but like, right. cause I'm right. not athletic, right. I need to find something that's just for me, something yeah. that's not related to my kids or my husband. And my daughter gave me this gift, which was a birthday gift of a box with all these inscriptions from my friends that were like, tell me three things you like about your, that remind you of my mom. Aww. And all the instructions were like, my pretty nerd friend, my researcher friend, my go-to friend for everything. And I was like, God, like, do I have a superpower Mm. of maybe like researching the fuck out of something until Mm. it can't be researched anymore? Mm -hmm. Like, Maybe I'm going to think about that. And I went on a walk with a friend, Angela Nazarian, who's actually my first podcast guest, Mm -hmm. episode one. And she was six years ahead of me in the process. Yes. And so as we walked, she was like, you should really think about a life coach. And I was like, a life coach? Like, what are you even talking about? Getting one or being one? No, to actually hire one. Okay. Because she was like, Sarah, you have so much like you're thinking about. You have, you know, a PhD, you have all these things, but like you haven't been, quote, in the kind of workforce in so long. Like maybe you need to like think about where you can creatively put your, quote, superpowers or strengths. And I was like, really? So she gave me a few recommendations and I ended up working with two life coaches. Um, One was Ryan Haddon and one was Carrie Rose. And Carrie, I love both of them. They're for different things. But Carrie Rose um, continues to be my life coach today. And I talk to her on a weekly basis. And what I found was with the life coach is that they don't really, they don't tell you what to do. They just lead you to what your next step is. Right. And I think so many women in midlife, that's what we're looking for. Mm. We, we want someone else to tell us what the next step is. Mm-hmm. And like I always say, like, I waited for so long for my husband to be like, Sarah, you should really do this. Mm-hmm. Or Sarah, here's a really cool new self-reinvented identity in a box and it's blue with a white bow. Here it is. Mm. But it never came. Because That's nobody so else interesting. can do that work. Yes. Yes. I Can I tell you? I think this is so interesting because I, as you're talking, I feel like I definitely had a period of time where I just felt like I was floundering. I didn't, I didn't. And I think as, like, as you're saying it, I, I think it's true. I was looking for someone to tell me what to do. And I, more of it for me had to do with, I had spent many years sort of doing all kinds of things that were not necessarily connected to what I was educated in, but, but I also kind of felt like I deferred to a narrative about myself, or I deferred to the expectation that maybe my parents had, and then my husband had, uh, you know, about what 
I was doing and how my day to day would look. And when I hit, you know, midlife, it was kind of like, nobody's telling me anything anymore. And I, aren't I supposed to know this? Aren't I supposed to know how to take next steps? Aren't I supposed to know what direction to walk in? And that isn't necessarily so for everyone. So having a coach sort of helped you steer yourself. Yeah, because I felt like, especially because I, I scheduled the meeting with the life coach and then the pandemic hit and it was like lockdown. And I was like, I was supposed to like get out of the fucking house. And now you're telling me that like, I have to stay home with my two teenagers and the dog. And like, what am I going to do with myself all day? It was like, all of it was like coming down really fast. And I didn't look at it in a negative way, but I was like, okay, I'm going to have to keep busy here in this house Mm -hmm. and like do some work. And like, I think I always dreamt that either my husband was going to figure it out for me, or I could go onto Amazon and order, you know, the new version of Sarah post Mm -hmm. having little kids, but it never Mm -hmm. came. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the work I had to do was with myself. Always. So true. But I think in that process too, I realized that even working with a life coach and doing the work, there was no perfect plan that was going to roll out. It wasn't going to be like, okay, Sarah, check off one to 86 over Mm -hmm. the next year. And when Mm -hmm. you're done, you're going to have this podcast and you're going to be talking to Rachel. No, no, it's, it's not linear at all. No. And I was so used to a performance-based life where it was like, Mm -hmm. you go to this school, you get these grades, you get this degree. So for me, having not having the boxes was really mm-hmm. hard. And that was a lot of my personal work was how do I live without the grid? Yeah. And how do I live inside the messy? Mm. And Ooh, messy isn't that. always bad. Yeah. It just feels uncomfortable because you're used to like benchmarks. Yes. But suddenly I was either having to just surrender and say, fuck it, it's too hard. Mm-hmm. Or I was going to have to create my own internal benchmarks. I love that. And I think... I, I, that resonates with me personally so much as well. And I'm not sure if this exactly is the right note, but I found in launching this page, I had no idea what I was doing. I still struggle so much <laughs> with like the technological stuff. Oh my and God. Just- <laughs> I was like trying to get into the zoom from like the calendar link and it wasn't working. My special light doesn't go on. And it's the one fucking day that I let my husband go to work. And I was like, no, I got this. I got this. And then like nothing was working. I know. But don't you find though that in figuring it out, you just feel so capable and so like, I know capable, but I I don't want to look like shit without my life. (laughs) Like, I don't want to be like Dracula for O'Perry and Rachel. You look great. So listen, so listen, so Sarah, so are you, you're in perimenopause? Yeah, I'm 46 years old. My mom went through menopause at like 41, 42. She literally got like four hot flashes and she was like, no, I'm done. (laughs) She went straight from like HRT to, uh, she went straight from birth control pills to HRT. We're like, we're like the hormone sisters. Okay. So are you on HRT? What? Are you on HRT? Do you take HRT? No, I'm actually on birth control pills. You're still on the pill. Yeah. It's very controversial. No, no, no. I I was going to be on it forever, except that it gave me such horrible migraines. Oh my God. I'm a fucking lunatic without it. Like I talk, I did a three-part episode with our common friend, Shiva Gofrani. Yes. 
Yes. Big love, fierce juju. Did I yes. get that right? Yes. And we talked about that and about how like everybody has to do perimenopause and menopause differently with themselves, their intuition and their doctor, because yep. like birth control pills are part of my, just part of my body chemistry. Like I've yep. been on them since I was 14. Yeah. I went off of them to have kids. I breastfed my kids each for six weeks, literally to the first day of the six week because the pediatrician yeah. was like, I know you don't really want to breastfeed, but like, just get to six weeks. And then I was yeah. like, okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I, I needed, I knew I needed the birth control pills yeah. to feel like myself. Okay. Okay. And so, and so I've been on it ever since. And so is your plan, because we're going to actually have Dr. Grafani on here as well. I love her. But when I spoke with her about it, and I guess I was, I started like perimenopause, maybe like 43. And I, I was still on the pill, but again, the migraine thing had been going on for years. I had also, I was on the pill when I was 15 and I was off of it and I got pregnant, blah, blah, blah. but her you know, she was the first person who said to me, you know, you can stay on this and just ride it out till the end. And I had no idea you could do that. And I would have, I'm writing that out. Yeah. So that, so that's your, that's your plan. And, and so do you feel that like, are you symptomatic at all? Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, you know, I was thinking about that before I got on here and I a hundred percent am, I mean, like I'm sweating down my back right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like I have, like the night sweat situation, but it's not like so bad where I'm dying, but like right. I wake up and I'm like, Ooh, I think maybe I have to get the flat iron out because like my <laughs> neck, well, my neck hair is really underneath. You know? <laughs> uh, yes. I know. I'm an insomniac. Yeah. Right. Right. I can sleep in any car, any plane, but somehow the past, I'd say five or six years, it's like right. the dog sneezes and I'm up for the rest of the night. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's awful. It's really hard for me. Um, I had a bone density scan, which was super random. I fell mm-hmm. off a bike because I told you my athletic skills are a little. Yes. Bad. Oh, no. I fell off a bike last Thanksgiving, broke my rib and my wrist. And oh, no. Yeah, that was rad. That was in Hawaii. My first time oh. to Hawaii in 11 years. Was like bladder. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was hot. So anyway, <laughs> I did that situation, and it was, like, taking me so long to heal. And I was yeah. like, I feel like I'm a healthy person. What's going on? So I randomly had a bone scan, and they're like, yeah there's some areas of deterioration and my mm. mom definitely like has that sort of osteopenia yeah, profile. Yeah. So it's definitely something that I, you know, I'm watching to mm-hmm. the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. You know, I do work out. I, mm-hmm. I do take vitamin D. I am, I'm trying to do more weights cause I, I tend to inch towards Pilates more yeah. than like real weights. Yeah. Because Pilates feels very, um, nervous system accessible yes. to me. And it is, it's sure, of course. Yeah. And it is, but yes, I hear you about wanting to add more weights to your repertoire, yeah. especially and if you've got bone density. Another, I mean, I have the other symptoms of like super thinning hair. Oh, um, yeah. Like at my, my roots, I'm like, Oh my God, I look at pictures of myself. I'm like, what's going on here? Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, we, I talk about this with Shiva, like dry vagina, inelastic yeah. vagina, like a yeah. little birdie sex, but like, yeah. these are all the things that I've been working on in my midlife remix journey this year, along yeah. with this podcast has been yeah. like, I sort of describe it as 
we all think about midlife as like a midlife crisis. You know, mm-hmm. you need to buy a sports car. You have mm-hmm. an affair with your tennis teacher. I don't even play <laughs> tennis. Uh, you know, all of those things. But like for me, I didn't want to look at it as like a crisis. I really yeah. wanted to see that I had agency in it. And I think so for me, calling it a midlife remix brought the, um, the agency back to me. Yeah, and that no, that's very evident. Yeah. Some <laughs> shit is definitely happening to us. Like, I'm not controlling the sweat dripping down my lower back right now. Right. But the other stuff, like my podcast, taking steps towards my inner work and myself, those are all things that I have control over. Right. I love you that. And, and that is apparent in your feed and your podcast, the things that you're sort of seeking out, finding information about and speaking to people about are things I think that are informing you personally in your experience. Totally. But, I mean, right? that was my whole, like that, going back to your original question, like I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to start this midlife remix journey. I don't know how I'm going to scratch that midlife itch. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, this facelift is like probably still a few years down the road. I'm just saying that that's not going to solve it. And I know that doesn't (laughs) solve it. It's like trying to buy a house to solve your problems. Not that that solves it. It's all the work. But I was like, you know, people were like, oh, you should write a book. You're kind of self-deprecating. People would appreciate that. I'm like, uh, and my husband was like, please don't write a book. Like, <laughs> you're going to be like trapped in the house. You're going to be so bitchy. Like, please. <laughs> like the whole point of this thing is for you to get out of the house. No, 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 no. So I kept thinking about it and I was sort of going over it with my life coach. And I was like, I love to talk. I love to research. I love to ask questions and I love podcasts. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll start a podcast. Yes. And you did. Yes. And I literally was like, how do you make a podcast during lockdown? So that was super fun. Um, But I think the point is, it was like, I want to, I want to go on this journey with other women who are in the same position I am. And I'm going to be as open and as vulnerable as I can be and while still being me. Um, And I want to go through this and interview all of these experts that relate to this menopause sort of time frame, yep. whether it's from, you know, plastic surgery to vaginas mm-hmm. to mental health to, you know, Alyssa Goodman and her cleanses and health mm-hmm. supplements and all mm-hmm. of that. And I want to interview these researchers and experts and find these golden nuggets of actionable mm-hmm. items. I mean, mm-hmm. we all read and hear things every single day, like do this, do that, do this. And I thought, well, if I could do a podcast and interview these cool people and like a listener takes away one thing, right? Like, even if like with Dr. Sherry Ross, it was like, take a coconut oil bath three times a week and it will sort of soften up your, you know, midlife juices. Yeah. 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 Literally and figuratively. Literally and figuratively. You will be Yeah, and it was so funny because I, you know, I did that two-hour episode and I got like hundreds of messages and somehow I became like a vagina expert. My (laughs) husband was like, when the fuck did you become a vagina expert? Like, it's not happening in this house. And I'm like, whoa. Whoa. Everybody. (laughs) I so get that. 
And I love it. And it's clear your, your voice is all over your work and it's most welcome. So, so look, I want to talk a little bit now about parenting. Oh, my favorite topic. So, so first of all, first of all, I would love to know if your kids are like, you're very open and, you know, effusive and sharing seemingly all and are your kids sort of in the loop around where you are in this season of life my kids are living (laughs) and breathing it unfortunately (laughs) unfortunately they're like literally after this past year nothing phases them I mean I could probably run through the house naked with a vibrator and they'd be like there's that lunatic again there she is and the funniest thing happened the other day. It was like one of those awkward moments with my 17-year-old. And he's not he's actually not awkward for a 17-year-old, which is sort of cool. Mm-hmm. But he said to me, he goes, Mom, have you ever watched that show Sex Education? And I was like, no, why would I possibly watch that show? Do you know it? I've never heard of it. Okay, you have to watch it after this conversation. So it's you know it's like this awkward show about the se- sexual intricacies in is it like a reality life. show no but it's like in a high school and okay, it's like okay you know the 17 year old kids like smoking too much marijuana so he can't get an erection it's like all these awkward moments okay and he's like you should really watch it because the mom in that show is you <laughs> and i was like okay I need to watch this show. So my husband and I get into bed. We put it on. The woman's a sex therapist. Okay? And my husband's like, what the fuck? Like, you're actually cringe mom. And I was like, oh, my God. He thinks I'm cringe mom. And this woman's, like, talking about, you know, sexual positions and all this stuff. And all this stuff. And I'm like. And then she like drives to a party because she realizes that he left his inhaler at home. Oh, and my husband's like, "That's you. That's you." Like, oh my god! Wow. So they're very aware. Very. And and so so you see, I mean, we're not like, having or there's no. It's not like there's an orgy. You know what I'm saying? No, it's no, like, it's, and it's not all about the sex at all. Yeah. It's just sort of like they because you know it's funny like my. My son, I mean, I started again at 43. And so, you know, he was still home, I think pretty much. And, and so, you know, but he lives on his own now. And, you know, he's like out with in his life and he lives with his girlfriend. And so he's not witnessed. I know he's not witnessed like sort of a lot of what's happened. Although I share a, a, you know, a good deal with him, but I am wondering what is it like for a parent with younger kids who are actually underfoot? And I wouldn't say your kids are younger. They're younger than, but they're still here. I still control to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And so, so how, is there like a hormonal collision at all? Or are you feeling like largely, like largely you're sort of, you know, things are tempered for you. And so there's no, there's none of that kind of angst that's going. There's angst all day long. It's Mm. like hormone bitch stew over here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. And then you take my daughter who's turning 15 and my husband's always like, good luck to you. You birthed yourself. Have fun with that one. Yeah. yeah. And so 
that is definitely like a situation like my you know I adore my daughter and she adores me but there's definitely like okay let's be really close but don't micromanage me let's be really right. close but don't tell me what to do so there's right. definitely that dance of what should I write my English paper on oh well how about this I don't like that idea okay yeah. well, why'd you ask yeah yeah and but you know I feel like I mean some of that I feel is kind of like mother daughter stuff totally. anyway. Maybe not. I don't know, but no, I, I feel like sure. that. But are there, do you feel like that sort of your season of life has made parenting any more or less anything? Well, yeah. I mean, look, I think for me, I personally, I'm in a situation where I'm sort of like rebirthing myself. Mm-hmm. And so in this season of life where like I'm rebirthing myself and redefining what it means to be me, it's definitely changing the family dynamic. Mm, how, how so? So, you know, my kids and my husband were so used to like sending me a text and I'd respond in a nanosecond or somebody forgot a lunch and I was there to drop it off. And especially because we were doing all of this in the same house for a year where I was trying to record podcasts and my son was yelling at Fortnite and my daughter was, you know, on FaceTime with her friends. There was a lot of like commotion and stuff in the house. Um, But it definitely took a little bit of like renegotiating those boundary lines because I never Mm -hmm. had them before. Mm, I was just, it was like open season with mom. Like she's going to be reachable at all times. And I'd say my daughter probably had the hardest time with it mm-hmm. because Do you she think cause so, she's younger or cause she's yeah, your daughter she's 15, or your dynamic, but it's also, I think probably cause she's younger, probably cause she's a girl and probably cause she was home. Mm. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. like, I was sort of like her substitute friend when yes. she was like in between classes yeah. because her friends weren't there cause they're all in their homes. Sure. So I think that that, that shifting of the dynamic, it probably mm-hmm. would have happened even without zoom because my mm-hmm. kids are like, you're always working on your podcast. But yeah. then at the same time, my 17 year old's like, thank fucking God. You're doing <laughs> you have something to do. Yeah. He's like, you've taken your mic, you've taken your micromanagement way down. <laughs> So like, I'm not like at the cringy sex therapist mom all the time. (laughs) It's so funny to me. And I love this. I think this is so important in in really broad strokes too, because certainly I am going through this, even it's not so much with my son, but in in my own marriage, you know, I have huge thing. It's huge. And I have changed my attentions or elsewhere. It really shifts things in the relationship and absolutely with children under um, in your home and I think women it's like this very sensitive sort of critical moment for so many women where they can sort of forge ahead and you know carve out their space and let everyone know this is happening or they might retreat from that And, you know, it's sort of figuring out what is best for you. But I I think it's like a really sensitive time for women. It is. And I definitely have a this is happening approach. Yeah. Rather than going to retreat and actually physically hiding from 
people who want things from me. Because <laughs> um, my thought is, like, I'll say to my daughter, like, I can't pick you up today and Jake has volleyball, so, you know, I need to send the babysitter or whatever. And she's like, yeah. no, I don't want that. And I'm like, guess yeah. what, Marin? Yeah. Like, you know, life's a bitch. You yeah, know? Like, it's you happening. You have everything yeah. the way you want it all the time. It's a reality. Yeah. And it's definitely been this sort of dance between, like, what they've been accustomed to mm -hmm. and like now now it's a little bit different i mean my husband is a pretty sort of like self-evolved person and mm -hmm. he's not like dependent on me for every single move and mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. meals it's not like i'm making him breakfast lunch and dinner right um, so he's been pretty cool with it but i do have to say there has been this like dynamic shift of where my time is being spent yeah interesting and he's like, you really, he goes, you don't compartmentalize your podcast. Hmm. And I said, well, I think it's because like my husband's a hobbyist. Okay. Which I mean, he has a full-time career and is a, you know, a CEO, but like, sure. he's also a guy who has a lot of hobbies. So he'll mm -hmm. be perfect for like geriatric land <laughs> because, you know, like he can play Scrabble. Not that that's something he wants to do on a regular basis, but he can. Yeah. Um, he can play Rami Cube. He plays the piano. He, you know, he has all the, he plays tennis. He has all these hobbies. But for me, unfortunately, I'm not a hobby person. So, but also so I think like, the, yes. And I think the nature of what you do is it's harder to sort of you to, to disconnect. Whereas yeah. when you're a hobbyist, you do those, these activities and then you come back and then you're yeah. not doing those activities. Whereas what you're doing sort of requires more of your attention all the time. But in terms of your kids, so it sounds like your son is handling it like pretty well. Yeah, he's like, and thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Your attention is off of me a little bit more and your daughter might be kind of wrestling with some change yeah, a little that bit, are impacting like, her. Yeah. Sure. Um, did you actually tell them, was there like, like, I know in doing the podcast and having conversation with your family, like hanging around or whatever, there's conversation about it and, and what it is about and what it's focused on. But did you actually let them know at any time? I am in perimenopause. Like this is a term that they know because you have defined it for them. I don't think I sat down and had the conversation mm. like specifically like that, but I mm. think that like, because we do have this open line of communication and we're mm -hmm. like, I'm always like getting into their nitty gritty about like puberty and feelings and all of those things that come with puberty. And they like, you know, I've talked to my daughter about like birth control pills and like, you know, why I don't get my period because I'm on constant birth control pills, you know, all of these things. We have a very open line of communication. Mm -hmm. I think so open that they're like, sometimes they're like, can you just shut the fuck up? Like, <laughs> can we like not talk about how, like what the downsides of porn could be? My husband, yeah. my son's like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think, I, look, I don't want to be talking about it all day long. Yeah. But I think that the ability to have that open line of communication, no matter how awkward it is, because if you're not doing it as a parent, like it's Google. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and there has so, to be one parent who addresses it. Not has to be, but in an ideal world, because my husband, like I've said a million times in my podcast, he's like a potted plant when it comes mm-hmm. to these topics. Mm-hmm. Like he sits in the room, but he's not participating right at large at all. Yeah, yeah. You might miss him if you blink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's there. But he's definitely there. So I, your background in educational psychology informs your parenting so much, right? And, and so can you expand on some of that and how it might help? I guess maybe if there are tips out there or any advice you would offer to a parent of, you know, like an elementary school kid and a junior, you know, a middle school kid and a high school kid sort of about going through some of this while you're parenting. Cause I do think too, like, I mean, and I, your story resonates with me so much because we both kind of started something while in this season of life. And so there's definitely like this overlap between what's happening hormonally, physiologically, mentally, emotionally, and sort of taking steps professionally. And and they can kind of like merge really nicely and help to inform each other and and catapult each other next towards next steps and, and, or not. But then there are also women out there who have much younger kids and maybe they are working, maybe they're not, but they have a lot of stuff going on internally because they're in perimenopause and it may look and feel harder to sort of handle kids, little smaller kids. So what, you know, if you're like hanging out at school and, and there is a mom and she's got a younger kid and she's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm like full of anxiety and I'm hot flashing and I'm like ornery and I don't feel like having sex and I have a sixth grader. Like what are, what's something you might sort of encourage her with? That's a million dollar question, Rachel. Yeah. yeah. I'm full of them. I'm full. Um, Well, I mean, there's so many things there. I mean, I think that whether you have little kids or you have teenagers, it's like, there's always going to be something Mm. like you go from having little kids who might be being picked on in school Mm. um, to, you know, a 17 year old who's starting to drive and, you know, there's people who are drinking, you know, you sort of just kind of switch your problems to a different age frame. Yeah. I think for me and my experience, I think that me showing my kids Mm. from childhood through now that they have to really be in tune with themselves and their intuition. And it sounds really woo woo, Mm -hmm. but if you're not in tune with your intuition, like as a, as a mom, no matter how old your kids are, you're way off the radar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like I used to say to my kids when they were little, if you're on the playground and somebody is not being kind or somebody is doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable and you get those like weird feelings in your tummy, that means that's like an uh-oh time. Mm-hmm. And my kids to this day will still talk about how I used to talk about that with them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think even now as teenagers, like 
you have to use that internal intuition as the internal compass of like, this feels right. Mm -hmm. This feels wrong. I mm -hmm. shouldn't be here. Um, so, and I think as a parent, you, no matter how old your kid is, nobody wants to feel burnt out. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to feel like by the end of the day, they just want to like collapse. And most of us do. And yeah. I actually just did an episode on this with a burnout expert. And I think for me in the midlife self-reinvention journey while raising <clears throat> kids, um, although I did it in seasons, like I yeah. didn't work and raise kids, like I'm sort of doing it. In right. Seasons. Right. I think for me, a lot of, I think what I could have done better mm. is I could have asked myself a few questions 15 years ago. Okay. <laughs> like when I wake up every day, like, how do I feel? Mm. Like, do I feel like shit or do I feel like, okay, this may not be like the most exciting day in the world, but like, I'm excited to embark on the day and continue on with my life. Mm -hmm. And how do I feel seems like a really basic question, but I don't think a lot of us ask that. No, I think that's such a good question. It's such you a know, good question. And it's like, do I feel tired? Do I feel shitty? Do I feel like I need to exercise? And the funny part is, is you're never really, most people, if they're like me, probably unlike you, it seems like from your feed, you're exercising. <laughs> like exercise is not natural for me. That's right. not something I seek out. That's like a torture chamber for me. Like I would much prefer to sit on my sofa and scroll Instagram. Like, let's be honest. Fair enough. I feel that. You know, it's, but again, I don't, you don't always have to be motivated to do something. You just got to fucking do it. Yeah. And I think that that's one of my big lessons in this midlife journey is the motivation will come once you start practicing taking yeah. these steps. Yeah. Because you're going to start reaping the benefits and you're like, okay, that felt really awkward yeah. not knowing what I was doing and learning as I went. But now that feels really good because I got a cool outcome from it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. And what I feel like you're sort of saying as well is be attentive to yourself, no matter yeah. what age your kids are. Um, <clears throat> because joy. if you're unhappy, they're unhappy. Absolutely. Without question. And Joy, who's watching, commented that she has a five-year-old boy and it's really hard. An 11-year-old girl who's approaching, beginning her journey. Oh, Joy. Uh, and she's exhausted. And, and it's exhausting. It is. And I, I just, I feel like there, I have moment I've had literally like just speaking exhausting sort of literally yeah the fatigue that I experienced for a window of time was so severe I couldn't imagine having to be sort of properly attentive to little people with that said though I think women rally all the time we and do, but rally to burnout rally to burnout and so to your point consistently carving out time for ourselves to do whatever it is that sort of fuels us again um I hear you joy is uh is critical it's critical yeah and like even I think that we're all especially in this time in life you know, we're sort of bombarded by social media about like how we should, you know, sort of be productive and find the next steps and all of that. But sometimes being productive is just sitting your ass on your bed and like staring out the window. For Absolutely. Five seconds. 
Absolutely. Like not every minute of the day has to be this like immense marathon or you've yes. just received, you know, divine light. Yeah. Like sometimes it's just nothing. Yes. It's just nothing. And there is nothing wrong with nothing. Yeah. I know my daughter sometimes will be like, I'll be drinking my coffee in the morning and she's eating breakfast. And she's like, why are you staring at the trees in the backyard? <laughs> and I'm like, because they're not talking to me. <laughs> because they leave me alone. Yeah. Okay. The, <clears throat> here's something I want to segue into for a little bit. So yeah. you asked this question periodically, I see. Um, who were you before you were a mom or a spouse? What I, I, you told us your sort of your, your resume, if you will, but yeah. who were you when, did you ask yourself this question sort of, of before course. you, yeah. And then, and then how do you like, what, what do you encourage women to do around this? Like, what is asking this about? I think asking this about is because what it is, is I think in midlife, especially we're like, okay, uh, our kids are getting older or they're already out of the house, or maybe we don't have kids and we've been married for a thousand years or whatever it is, but we have this like midlife itchy for something, but we don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, I want to hire a coach who's going to tell me what I'm good at, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, take this online quiz and they're going to tell me what my, you know, next business should be. Mm -hmm. But it's never like that. Mm -hmm. It's like this kind of like curvy, wervy, mushy, swampy journey of finding it all. And Mm -hmm. there's never like this, like one size fits all answer. So sometimes I say like, think about before you had kids. Like a lot of women are like, well, I used to dance, Mm. but I may not be like in dancing tip top shape right now, but maybe I could get, I could re-access those feelings of energy and um, feelings of being vibrant and Mm. not kind of like, Mm -hmm. if I went to a spinning class Mm -hmm. or, you know, Taekwondo or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it sounds so basic, but we're all looking for novelty at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. And sometimes what we used to do, because we've taken so much time off, will feel novel again. Like if you used to paint and like you're scared to paint again, like maybe it's just going to Michael's and buying those three canvases and doing them quietly in your closet. And no one even has to know about it except for you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of giving yourself permission to be self-obsessed. Like yeah. what's in me? What did I like doing before I got married? Did I like to cook? Did I not like to cook? But kind of like just rethinking of what was important to you. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I I love that you encourage women to do that, sort of start from the past in many ways, because I think we're, many of us are sort of like, you know, maybe if kids are ready to launch or whatever, go to college or whatever, we're, we're sort of left feeling like, you know, forward thinking. I have to think of something new now, but sort of plugging back into what fed you years ago, I think is a great way to inform yourself about or reminding yourself kind of where your interests are, where your heart is, or where it's no longer you know, which is just as important. And I think some of us, like, we're all like, there's some of us who are like looking for a business idea. 
yeah, or something like that. But the business idea doesn't feel 100% aligned or maybe we tried three other businesses and they didn't work. But I think yeah. part of one of the things that I've learned in this journey is things come up in life. Like a, mm. a friend will say, oh, why don't you come to this conference with me? Or why don't you come to this dinner? These four women will be there. And our quick answer is usually no from a place of like, well, that might feel awkward. That's uncomfortable. But I think one of my lessons is say yes sooner. Because mm. all, all of those little yeses to things that didn't feel 100% like a slam dunk yes tend to lead to other things. Like you I love that. Someone. And it's like yes. this sort of series of mini synchronicities. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what this whole year has been for me. You know what I mean? It's yes. like, oh, Perry sees my, you know, TikTok reel or whatever. And then they connect me to you. And then yeah. you're connected to Shiva Gofrani. Yeah. It's like this sort of series of mini synchronicities. But if you're playing small mm. and you're pulling back and you're not pushing yourself forward and feeling uncomfortable, none of those doors are going to open. Mm, I love that. you're here. But yes. if you're here, you can sort of like dip your toe in. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be doing that forever. But it just right. means that you're dipping your toe in. Right. I love that. Those are great tips. Those are both really sort of thinking about what you used to love to do and stepping out forward, trying new things, sort of seizing moments, embracing yeah, saying yes to saying yes sooner and saying yes to random things that aren't even a hundred percent you. I love it. I love it. Those are, <laughs> Sarah, you're working. Rachel, we make our kids do it. Like yes. How many fucking me, times have, did you make your kids do some awkward activity that they had no interest in ever doing? Such a good point. Such a I good mean, point. I still do that. Time. Yeah, all the time. But that we is... don't make ourselves do that. No, no. Because that we is... want to be the best at everything when we start. And that was one of the hardest things about this podcast for me is that, or this whole midlife remix is that it's really hard to start at the beginning. Mm. It's really hard to start small. Like if you're used to like operating up here in a certain arena and now you're coming at something new, like you have to be okay with being a beginner mm -hmm. and learning as you go. I mean, you've experienced it technology for midlifers. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a joke this is such this is so helpful to hear these are incredible sort of eye-opening more than reminders but really really helpful things to hear and they're so simple really and I think you know, I love and that's the thing that's so funny is they all seem so simple but until you fucking do them they don't yeah. mean anything no and they also feel daunting do it anyway yes yes yeah. I love that you, like you brought up model, like the stuff that we encourage our kids to do without even thinking about, but we have our reasons behind them and they make sense and they're meaningful and they're sort of for their better good. And we understand that to be so applying that to ourselves is an incredibly valuable principle. Yeah. And when your kid sucks at something, you're not like, dude, that you really suck. <laughs> wow, you it. suck. You know, you're kind of like, well, you tried. But we have to do the same thing for ourselves. It was like, oh, Sarah, you tried that spinning class and now you can't walk for three weeks and right. you're never doing that again. Right. Great, but you did it. But you did it. Yeah. 
Yes. Yes. And the opportunities it might have afforded you meeting people, trying something new, getting it off your plate, whatever it is. Whatever is it is. <gasps> and not everything has to be like a Forbes 400 business. Yeah. Very I important. Think so many of us get into this, like, you know, there's this sort of monetization mindset of, yeah. like, well, how are you going to monetize that? Yeah. How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And it's like, well, guess what? Like maybe my podcast is not going to monetize or someone yeah. else's whatever is not going to monetize for a certain period of time. But if you're happy and you can sort of absorb that, then good for you. And I think that that's one of the things that in this sort of parenting dance with my kids, like you said, my kids are still home. So they're seeing a mom who was a stay-at-home mom for all these years. I saw a mom who was sort of the opposite of a stay-at-home mom. But my kids are getting the benefit of seeing kind of both mm. at the tail end. And they're seeing me struggle. Yeah. They're seeing me like you know, have really awesome days where I'm like, oh, I checked all these awesome boxes and I met all these cool people and God, that recording was awesome. And then there's some days where I'm like, I can't do one more minute of this. Yeah. This is yeah. Just hard. Yeah. I, I want to just like close my computer and like take a nap. And, and isn't so that so good for them? Everything is easy. Yeah. It's just hard for them too. Yeah. Yeah. And they like go to school and somebody's mean to them, but they still have to pull their shit together and go back to school the next day. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing the same thing. Like mm -hmm. maybe I didn't have a perfect day. Maybe I mm -hmm. had an awkward interaction with someone, but that doesn't mean I'm walking away from my podcast. It means like I'm going to get my shit together, sort of give myself a sense of like being okay with not being perfect mm -hmm. and having kind of like a clunky day and then mm -hmm. revisiting it all again the next day. I love you. <laughs> it's just that easy, Rachel. You know, it's like midlife, sweat, the vagina, bone density, libido. I mean, we just need a bottle of coconut oil. It solves, it solves everything. Coconut oil will solve everything. Totally. Everything. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Sarah, what's next for you? I know you're just going to keep diving into your podcast, of course, but do you have other things? Well, I'm not becoming a sex therapist like my Okay. Well, you never know. You <laughs> never know what can happen. You know, I'm like a tantric sex workshop person. Let me tell you, I, I say this now all the time, but I know more about the vagina. I have learned more about my vagina and yours and anyone else's than I ever, than I ever thought possible. But you know something? It's kind of cool. And it's my conversations have become about vaginal health. <laughs> daughter she's like can we not talk about the vagina right now and I'm like yeah but I just have one more thing to say and she's like no no more things and then like one of my friend one of my best friends called me the other day and she was on speaker my daughter was in the car and she goes my daughter I won't say her name my daughter just sent me a picture of her discharge while she's in school and my daughter goes I cannot believe that I am in the car and you are having this conversation with one of your friends. Oh, like, but that's the kind of parents they are is that you guys who don't appreciate us feel comfortable enough to send yes. us a picture of your discharge. Yes. From that is, that is, oh my God. 
God. I, I did not grow up in a house like that. No. I was my mother, she was the best mom the ever. But no, I was not sending her pictures. <laughs> my goodness. That... I think that's part of the parenting journey in all of this. It's like open communication yes. and, you know, being open to those awkward moments. It's all awkward. You know, I've said this before. I don't know, remember why, but I was alone with my son when he was very young. We were divorced, his father and I, <clears throat> when he was very young. And we, you know, if this was an example, but it's, it's really stands out to me that, you know, he, if I had tampons or whatever in the other bathroom and I was in this bathroom, I asked him to go get me my tampons and uh-huh. yes. And, but you know, some, some people might sort of bristle at that because of maybe like, it feels like a, a blurry boundary. boundary. Yes. But it's interesting because I, I felt like sort of intuitively, like it was, it was taking away so much nonsense from what he might hear about women and periods and whatever else. And I think what I hear you saying is that being open and being honest and sort of sharing where you are and how you're doing is only informing your kids. And that can't be, you're not informing them of anything terrible. It no, can't. And be. I'm not discussing my sex life with them, with their dad. Right. Right. I'm not walking. I don't get like, I'm not one of those like free naked people. Sure. No, no. no. Like that part. I'm not like, I mean, it's not a judgment, but like, you know, no. my door is closed and everybody knows to knock. It's not just yeah. like, yeah, you know, no, no, not at all. Yeah. This is it's really just about- like you said, it's that intuition yes. of like, knowing that we feel comfortable with each other enough that we can have these conversations. And look, my husband, my son will be a great husband. Yes. That's how I feel about he my knows son. This stuff. Like he's been with his dad and I'm like, can you buy these tampons? And my husband's on FaceTime. Like, wait, which one? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, you take the shame out of it. it well, just and you normalize it, it right? Yeah. You're normalizing this season of life too. And this, these experiences, All of it. how you're feeling too for your kids. And that's, that can only be beneficial. I think. I mean, look, I've talked about this before and it's kind of funny and embarrassing, but like when my son was probably like 13 or 14, I got him a manscaper because my husband has a manscaper and all my friends kind of laughed. Wait, I I don't know what a manscaper is. Like a, like a pubic hair trimmer. Like oh, a okay. Beard. Oh, I did not know of this. Okay. So they have all these like funny names for the okay. manscapers. Okay. Okay. So okay. my friends were like, wait, what do you mean? I'm like, look, I didn't teach him. Yeah. I didn't do it for him. I just yeah. was like, I don't know like how organized you are down there. Yeah. yeah. So your dad uses this and I got you your own, you know, fresh from Amazon. So you're a smart kid, figure it out. Here you yes. go. Yes, yes. Again, it's not like we had this whole bizarro conversation. It was like, here, let me give you the tools you need. Yeah. And if you have any questions, call yeah. your dad. No, yeah. no, no, no. If you no, have no. any questions, let me know. And yeah. that was the end of the conversation. Yes, yes, I love that. I think that's so, it's so important to normalize all of these things and to sort of model for our kids where we are 
on, on the spectrum of all things, you know, mental health, emotional health, physical health, like secrets are just not, I think not that a secret sort of connotes. No, but it's just this super private information that anyone can have. So like I've said to my kids, I'm like, if you ever want a therapist or you ever want someone to talk to, like, let's have that conversation. I'm like, I don't have a therapist right now. I've had one in the past, but I have a life coach and I talk to her once a week and I air my dirty laundry and I ask for advice. Like I'm 46 years old. I have a PhD in educational psychology, but I still need help too. And I also need voices that aren't just in my family or my best friends. Sometimes I need this like outside voice. Mm -hmm. So my kids have been really open to that. Mm -hmm. Sarah, I got you off track. You were, you were going to share sort of like what's next. What's in. Oh, what's next. That's a great question. And a lot of people ask that to a lot of people. I would love to have like a real answer, but I think part of my coming to terms with being less of a performance-based person and more of like living in the swampy mess of midlife and my midlife remix, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that it's going to be more podcasts because mm-hmm. that's what I love. Mm-hmm. I think there's potential. There's potentially a book. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's happening right now or mm-hmm. happening this year, but it's definitely like brewing on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And I think just doing what I'm doing because I feel like based on the messages that I'm getting and the connections that I'm making so many women are resonating with this message of like, me too, mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. And a really good me too. Yeah. You know, of like every day I get these messages of like, oh my God, I saw you come up in my feed and you have such a cool outlook on it. And like you were a stay at home mom and now you're doing this. And I guess I could do it too. Like I've always wanted to like go back to being like a closet designer or I, you know, I have my MFT and I haven't looked at it in 20 years. Right. Right. It's like all these sort of little pings of like me too. And I can do that too. So I think for right now, I'm just living in (laughs) the thankfulness and gratitude of Yes, I've created a quote viable product and that there's an audience for it, but more like I'm just so happy that people are feeling seen and heard. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, whether you're a teenager, like that's one of my parenting philosophies too, which we didn't go into, is first of all, don't be an asshole. Mm. But second mm-hmm. of all, as a make people feel seen and heard. Like mm-hmm. if you're at school and you're walking by someone and you're not necessarily best friends with them or they're kind of weird or whatever, like just say hi. You don't mm-hmm. have to be best friends, but that person who's walking by you wants to feel like they exist mm-hmm. the same way you want to feel like you exist. And I think that this midlife remix and this podcast has sort of shown women that yes, we all exist and we all can feel seen and heard and felt in community. And if you DM me or message me, I'm personally going to respond to you. Yeah. No one else. Yeah. Every relationship that I have from this podcast is me. Yeah. My emails, I reach out to my own guests. I, you know, I'm doing it all myself, not because I have to necessarily, Mm -hmm. but because I want to, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. this is mine and Mm -hmm. it's only mine if I'm touching all of it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and those relationships that I'm making, someone else can't do that for me. It's all right. Right. Well, it's, it's so evident. I, I do love your podcast. You're so, 
Funny. And, and you're, and you're kind, you're all of the things that you're wanting to be and that you're sharing to be. And you you are so like, we're, we're sort of watching you in live time go through all of this. And I know there are so many women out there that, you know, you speak to in sharing what's happening with you and your family personally. Um, So Yes. So you can find Sarah does think it's a lot of TMI though. I will tell you that. I think that, I think most people do mine does too. Like, I mean, I don't know that my son so much does, but he also like, he kind of, you know, he, he doesn't like, yeah, he, you know, he likes all my posts. I don't think he reads any of them, which is totally my son's like, like, I'm like, do you read it? No, no. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's very, as you said, you know, it's like, it's boosting them as much as boosting yourself. It's, you and know, your kids are proud of you. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Like they yes. may not say it all the time, but like my son and daughter were like vintage clothing shopping together, which I thought was really cute because yes, they don't spend cute. a ton of time together, but they just happened to have one day where they were both home. So, and my son drives. So yeah. they were vintage clothing shopping and they came home with this t-shirt that says golden nuggets on it, because that's like one of my terms. Yes. And, they, and we saw that you got to 5,000 followers. Oh my God. I, I started at zero a year Yes. Ago. Yes. And so they were like, this is for you. And I was yes. like, oh my God, you noticed? That's like, so sweet. That's so sweet. I know. That's so lovely. for as annoying as I am and as much as I overshare, my husband and my kids are proud of me. Yeah, of course. And I think we all can be proud of each other and of ourselves. And I'm like, that was my post yesterday. It's like, if there's one woman that you can like go and like her post or you can call a friend, like just do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it really is putting your money where your mouth is about, you know, supporting women and, um, their journey and, and sort of how they are, um, reinventing themselves. Yeah. It's like, we all want everyone to sort of see the, like the butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. But there's all this stuff in between. That's just so important. Sarah, thank you so much. No, thank you. I've so enjoyed talking to you. Oh. To actually have like a real, like moving talking. Yes, about. it's so lovely. I know, I know. I so everybody head on over to Sarah Milken, the flexible neurotic. If you have not yet um, subscribed to her podcast, it's really, it's great and it's fun and it's, it's varied and um, it's, it's informative. So, um, do that. And I and hope we, slightly irreverent. It's, it's awesome. It's really, it's really, it's so much fun. Um, I would love to speak with you again. I'd love and, to. Um, we will plan for that. And thank you so much. This is just, I been- know. And I want to thank you. Oh, Perry, the app. Thank you. Oh, Perry. Wherever you are in the late- recording this. <laughs> I know I, it was funny because Laura responded to me because I had posted a story and I was like, download the app here and click on this link here. And she's like, that's so funny that it's like so visual. And I was like, you don't understand like midlifers, the technology of it. Oh, like, fuck it. No. Yeah. Oh, no. 
Uh, oh, seriously. And I ask help all the time. I do. Yeah. It's like, if you don't know how to download a podcast, yeah. ask me, do you know how many yeah. women have been like, I want to listen. I see it, but like, I don't know how to get to it. And I was like, okay, these are the four steps. Trust me. I just learned how to download Apple podcasts like two years ago. Can I and tell you I my... with the Opery app? I'm like, Thank you, okay, download the free app. In oh the yeah. App store. No, I know. Right? And then it Other. comes up on your phone and then you click on live talks. <laughs> Sarah, my mother who follows me, but she's like, bye joy. Thank you. My mother's like, um, you know, like the least technologically, you know, I mean, she's, she might be better than me about some things actually, but she keeps like, she'll, tr- she tried to download the pod, the, um, Perry app several times and can't seem to get it right. I didn't do it for my mom. But, no, but for my mother, this is what my mother keeps doing. She keeps going on my feed and sort of like typing in with like just a twinge of hostility. I can't get the Perry app to work. So like, you know that it's like fully visible to everyone. My mom was posting. My mom was commenting on a post from like five months ago yesterday, and she was so proud of herself. She called me and she goes. I was able to comment on the post and I was like, that's so sweet of you. But that was like five months ago. And then my dad calls me and he goes, mom just showed me Instagram. for the <laughs> Very busy on Instagram. And he yes. goes, you know, all those people who make comments. And I'm like, okay, I I'm know really I know. good about my technology skills <laughs> right now. <laughs> and I didn't even tell Bye. my mom about today. Because I'm just going to have her come over and we're going to do the replay. Because I couldn't <laughs> explain to her how to get the app. Yeah, I told my mom, I said, look, please stop saying that because it makes it, it, makes it look like it's this impossible app to download and it actually is not. And you're a twinge of like, you know, like I'm furious about this is so not <laughs> I know. I was like, mom, never say anything negative because sometimes she thinks she's responding to a story. It's actually a comment on a public (laughs) post. And I'm like, I can't like, I still get that. This is like a house. We have like the teenager, the teenage angst, the midlife angst. And then my mom, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, yes, it's a slippery slope. The best though, is that my, then my mom knows that I get pissed because I start getting frustrated. Yeah. Like my kids get frustrated with me. So then she starts calling my kids <laughs> and then my kids are like trying to ignore the call, but then she's like FaceTiming and it keeps going. It's just the whole technology thing. It's <sighs> hard. It's driven us all mad. Woo. Woo. Sarah, I so I love think coconut that. oil can't solve. <laughs> I think coconut oil can't solve. Listen, thank you. Such a pleasure to meet you. So good to meet you. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our Perimenopause What the F podcast. The perimenopause journey can be lonely and it doesn't have to be that way. Make sure to download our free Perry app to connect with perimenopause warriors in the same stage of life. See you next time, Perry sisters.